Hello and welcome back to Hey Look Listen. My name is Liam Sheehan and I'm joined here by Jonathan Morrissey and Ona Reardon. Lads, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. How are you getting on? The gang is back. Hello. We're giving the people what they wanted, Liam. We saw the requests flow in over the Christmas period. Who is giving this man authority to do podcasts by himself? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, no, let's not let's not make that the narrative, okay? I contacted you crying. I was like, where are you? I want to record a podcast. <laughs> Please, I'm alone. It's You're raining. Actually, we were up in Russell's. You should have joined us. <laughs> You're all drinking while I was slaving away at the podcast. Um, but um, if you remember how we usually begin these things, we talk about, you know, some video games you might have played. And I feel like, you know, Christmas and all that has happened since I spoke to you last. So maybe, you know, there's been a lot of gaming going on. Uh, Jonathan, would you like to begin? Oh, wow. Me first. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've played lots of games since we last spoke. It's been a long time. Um, right now I'm playing Undertale, which I will not talk about just yet. I'll save it for maybe our next episode because I'd have a lot to say and it's such a tease. Such a very good game. Um, but I have played quite a bit the last while, uh, since finishing Oberdin, finished off Mario Galaxy 1, which was a lovely experience. We've talked enough about that. But what I will talk about is Subnautica. Um, have I, have uh, I yes, played yes. that? I don't no, think no, 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 no. So for anyone who who's who doesn't know it, um, it's this kind of underwater open world survival game, I guess is the best way to, to kind of put it. Um, I've kind of dabbed with it or dabbled with it a few times in the past, but never sat down and really kind of given a lot of time to it. Um, when I texted you guys about it and saying how incredibly excited I was, that was like the peak of my love for it, which remained for a full week until I had uh, a, a corrupted save file, and I lost uh, right. ni- 19 hours of gameplay. Ah. But in those 19 hours of gameplay, honestly, one of my most enjoyable gaming experiences ever. Um, basically is this, a, is off, this the first person? It's first person. Um, basically what happens is you, you start off um, surviving um, this kind of spaceship crash, um, and you end up on an alien planet. Um, and really with very little handholding, uh, the idea is to survive, you know, whether it's from the creatures that are constantly attacking you in the water, the weird aliens that are just kind of like flying around the place, and then also kind of basic human survival, you know, uh, terrorist hunger, all that kind of stuff. Not games I'd usually play, um, but man, it sucked me in so much. I like huge, like I, I sit down and play like four or five hours and just get absolutely lost in it. Mm. Um until I started to see the the horror stuff creep in, and then old John started to get scared again, as always. My main kind of thing I know about this game is um, kind of YouTubers and streamers kind of big, ah, a fish came out of nowhere kind of reaction videos and stuff. But it's, it's the, the reason the thing is, right, so the whole, the game is all really about, like, exploration and exploring the depths of the sea. Mm. So mm. you're building new equipment, whether it's like a submarine or a better breathing apparatus to go deeper and deeper. I got, I had two huge jump scare moments. One where I, and people listening can't know this, but I'm wearing different headphones today because I broke the cable of my <laughs> Apple headphones because of it, because I jumped from the, from the desk so much. I was, like, super, super deep um in a little submarine thing and i turned the submarine to go a different direction and there was the biggest creature i've ever seen in a video game in front of me but had a fully formed human face oh my god Um, yeah i'm actually looking at images of this game right now and the creature design is off the wall man it's and it it was terrifying and i literally i i didn't do much i did like a very 
and then kind of stood up and walked away and the cable just tore out of my headphones. Um, and my partner made lots of fun of me. Um, but that's kind of why I've been playing a lot. I, I'm waiting for, I'm sure lots of you listening can kind of resonate with this. I'm waiting for enough time to have passed now. Yeah. So the upset over the corrupted save file. Oh, yeah. Go, you know you what I mean? So it's I, very I, relatable. I, yeah, so I can go back to it. So I'm hoping to, to pick that up again. What were you after, playing it on? Uh, PC. Okay. Um, and unfortunately, it was after... You know, throwing through Reddit, it's a fairly um common bug, unfortunately. Is it on um consoles? On Switch. It's on yeah, but that's actually mm. fine. I, I haven't tested on Switch yet, but I've heard really good things. Um that actually it plays pretty well. Um but yeah, I'm I'm excited to to play that uh, again after Undertale and also have just downloaded uh, Kentucky Route Zero, so that's the oh. now. I I've only played one episode of it, it was brilliant. Oh, and you love oh. that game, right? You're in for an experience. Yeah. I'm excited. I don't know if you'll love it or hate it. Neither do I. So, but you so, will so probably, exciting, but... knowing you, you'll appreciate it. I, I could say that much. Will he break headphones while playing it though? Because that's that's kind of his thing that he does. Well, what I don't get is that aren't the <laughs> those headphones Bluetooth? Uh, oh, no, they oh, had a hole in the story now. <laughs> Liam, back off! All right, I don't like this. He does two solo podcasts on his own. He's fucking r- ruling the roost now. I did uh, podcast. <laughs> no, that's not my new thing. Um, but anyway, that's yeah, not I, my new thing. <laughs> I'll clarify that. Because I'm completely thinking that's what I do. Uh, oh, and what have you been playing? Absolutely, fuck all. Oh no, <laughs> Liam, <laughs> Liam, what are you playing? Are you busy? Busy? No, I, I, I had such good intentions. Um, I was super busy during the month of December before you know we kind of decided to go on a a mini split from uh, the podcast due to what we thought were really, you know, creative differences. Mm, big time. Um, why haven't you told me about this? Why? <laughs> You're coming up with reasons why, why we're not recording together and I don't know about them. And that makes me sad. The last time we spoke, I had just started uh, Death Stranding. Oh, yes. That's right. we, we had a good conversation about uh, where I would get and how far I would get and would I reach that threshold of, you know, the 10-hour mark where people either decide they kind of they're buying into it or they just don't get it. Um, I got about 15 to 16 hours in and stupidly life got in the way. I had to travel back to Ireland and it it's almost to a certain degree. Marcy is kind of like a corrupt save file for me because I was like, I was in Ireland for the better part of four or five weeks. And that is a game that man, I was addicted to absolutely addicted like that that playthrough kind of came from like two playthroughs um that length so uh my plan is to revisit that on probably playstation in the foreseeable future um i started god of war yesterday on the playstation 5 and i'm thoroughly enjoying that that is a fucking gorgeous gorgeous game um and it looks you know even better enhanced on on the the ps5 and what I did see that is video game related, and I forget what episode it was, but I saw the latest Resident Evil movie over the uh, break. The, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and that was fucking terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even bothered. And I, I, you know, I love Resident Evil, but I just haven't bothered. The reviews are so disheartening. So what I did was the minute I uh, watched it, I went home and I downloaded the first game on my Switch and I started playing a bit of that and uh, that made me feel better. The first, um, the, the remake or the original original? The remake. Brilliant game. Spooky. Oh, spooky, spooky yeah. No, we'll, I definitely want to do an episode on that sometime and have Marcy 
break some more headphones. <laughs> what about you, Mr. Sheehan? Uh, a lot of the games I've played recently, I actually covered on um, our the, the last episode that I did. Um, I, I played like a lot of my favorite games of 2021, like during December, <laughs> just just the lead up to Christmas. But coincidentally, I received two different Marvel based games as presents for Christmas. And I'm playing both of them. I played uh, Miles Morales, the kind oh. of not full sequel, but sequel to Spider-Man. And yeah, it's good. And I, I like I, it, I I say this without like I don't I don't want to be like snacky or anything because I don't really mean it. It is just you know it is just good. I I don't adore it or anything, but I I really enjoyed it. I like this like uh, shorter length that really works mm-hmm. for me. Even though short though it is, it's very short and snappy and nice. There's still like a moment earlier on where you find like. A cache of something or another, a criminal cache, and then Miles goes, I might be able to find more of these, and like a hundred oh, yeah. dots oh, appear on the map. I'm like, no, fuck. Who oh. cares? Yeah, but I, I did. I actually enjoyed the story. I enjoyed uh, the combat, was my favorite part of like the combat in the first Spider Man game is like really fun, and this one is just like, you know, slightly better again. So it's good stuff for like that. Like, it's nice to play a game sometimes, you know, you, I don't have to be absolutely in love with it, but after the credits roll, I went, I enjoyed my time with that. And I think when I talked about Spider Man last time, Owen, you said, uh, you think that the, the sequel, the full Spider-Man 2 sequel, that they might have, you know, learned from the first game, then that might be really good. And I think um, Miles Morales is a good indication of that. I think it just improves in the first yeah. one in a small way, so it might get even better again. But I'm also playing kind of on and off uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I also got for Christmas. Ooh, what are your thoughts? It's, look, look, I got this at Christmas and I've barely put a dent in it. So that's kind of the biggest indication. I've kind of picked it up a couple of times and put like a couple of hours into it each time, but I, ha- I haven't felt compelled to pick it up. There's a lot I like about it. I like how in this day and age it is just um, ball-faced, linear. It's just mm-hmm. it's a completely linear experience. It's, it's, it, there's a good flow to it in the sense like, you know, you'll go down, you'll do, you'll do a kind of a mission that's just kind of like a linear path and you'll go up in your ship for a while. The combat is good. I like the way that you, Peter Quill, are kind of weak and you kind of have to rely on using the your the Guardian's abilities in combat. Because that's what that's the kind of angle they they took with it, which I also like, is that you don't like in this day and age, you know, like to compare it to Marvel's Avengers, like they were very much like you got to control all the Avengers. That's what people want. But for Guardians of the Galaxy, they kind of went, let's just have Peter Quill the only playable character, and your other guys are like mm-hmm. squad mates. It's very Mass Effect. Um, but like, I just don't like the banter, and mm-hmm. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of hate, I kind of hate saying it. Like, like it. The, it's one of the talkiest games I've ever played. Like it never shuts up. There's never like a moment when the guardians aren't like talking over, over the gameplay, which is probably the right choice. Uh, but it just kind of really drove home how mediocre the writing is for me. Mm. And it's, and it's not bad or anything and it's fine. It's perfectly serviceable. But when they talk that much, I just became very much aware of how many jokes, like how many jokes they were trying and how many were landing. I, I would say 5%. Do you, remember, kind of, do you remember what you, how much we hated the trailer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd watched like four times. That was a great, I, I believe that was E3 last year. I think so, and yeah. And we, we did a virtual watch party amongst us because we were still in some form of lockdown this time last year. And I just remember there was a 14-minute gameplay like that, demo yeah. Oh. on like sony or microsoft stage <laughs> and all of us were just like what the hell and unfortunately kind of the the vibe of that trailer is very much kind of what i'm feeling in the game itself but i i i fully intend i'm still in ireland at the moment when i go back to sweden i fully intend on um on giving another go i haven't quit it yet because like i said there's stuff i like about it but i'm not head over heels about it or anything hmm 
we are Groot. We are Groot indeed. We we, we better be. Yeah. Um, I'd want to, to do a quick thing um, because it's been a little bit of a while since we, we, we got together. Oh. You actually, you, we've talked about it before, but we have a little bit of a, a community now, which is exciting. You know, we've done 20 odd episodes, whatever, and we have a, a small select group of people who listen to our podcast, and, and we appreciate nearly all of them. <laughs> um, all of them. And so over the break, and as I knew we were going to be recording today, I went through some of the, the, the messages we get on Instagram. Um, some of the letters we get, obviously, to the Hedocus and HQ, uh, and um, some other things on Twitter. And just said, look, what I'll do is I'll cherry pick a couple of questions, uh, pose them to the two of you, and and just kind of give back to the community, you know, answer some of their, their, their questions. Before I do that, though, I will just highlight um, not all the stuff we get is great. So I just want to call out um, a person with the handle HikerPN. So that's HikerPN on Instagram. Um Really appreciate the, the the drawings you send us, but honestly, any kind of pornographic imagery of, of the three of us together isn't um, really well received. Um, uh, well, you can't speak for all three of us. Well, I just don't appreciate the way I'm drawn in compar- comparison to the two of you. <laughs> um, so again, Hiker PN. Um, just, just You're always on the bottom for some reason. It's Yeah, it's very, very strange. And like, I know sizes and everything. But uh, anyway, anyway, so uh, I'll just pick two, two letters here. Uh, the first to own uh, is for yourself here. Uh, hey guys, huge fan of the podcast and happy to see the three of you recording again. Not sure how they how they know that. Uh, question for Owen: What was the most surprising game of 2021 for you, in a good or bad way? And that is from Michael in London. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Michael. I probably would say actually, uh, Death Stranding, Marcy. Um, Michael, uh, I, didn't, bit... I didn't answer. I didn't ask that question. Uh, Michael. Yeah, I would actually say uh, Death Stranding for sure. I was so kind of of two minds of this. You know, Liam sung its praises when it initially came out. But, you know, we all listened to Liam's, you know, games of the year. And half of them, you're like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Um, It's my head injury. (laughs) (laughs) So you didn't know whether or not you could actually trust him. And then you, you, you watch all the gameplay demos, you hear all of this exactly kind of what i said off the top of the show which is you need to reach a threshold point to to know whether or not you buy into what this game is trying to trying to tell you what was most shocking for me um and what was so surprising probably more than anything else that i played this year is just how i've never played or nor game has you know ever kind of got to me uh, the way death stranding has it was making me feel and think a certain way that a video game never has, awesome. which is exactly what Kojima intended and why I look forward to going back, which is um, you're not playing for yourself and you're playing for others. Hmm. And how that gets into your head of like, oh my God, I just, you know, I reached the top of this mountain and I'm going to lay down a track. Not for me because you've already accomplished your goal, but it was a pain in the ass for you but I know I can make it easier for Marcy. Yeah, that's cool. So you start, you know, you build that world for other people. And I, I you know, I, I think I ended 2021 a better person because of uh, Death Stranding. Wow. Michael, I hope that's, uh, that's answered that question for you. Certainly answered it for me. Um, let's see. Liam, there's one here for you. Um, an interesting one. Uh, letter for Liam. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Look, listen, it's a terrible start to that letter. Um, 
Really loved the pod and especially in solo episodes. His passion for the Fast and Furious series really comes through. Um, just a quick question for Liam. Uh, Liam, with the ongoing tensions continuing between Israel and Palestine, what do you think is the most likely path to peace and how long can we expect that peace to last? Uh, and that's from Tall Paul in Limerick. <laughs> Thank you. I've been waiting for this question. Obviously, obviously, I was. I, but what's really annoying is that I was planning a solo episode on it. So what I'll say is I'll save it for my solo episode. So look forward to that, everyone. But but small little you know spoiler for what I'm going to talk about. It's mostly based around Pokemon, which is what what I what I think might be the key to this. Makes sense. Makes sense. Hope that. Uh, hope you're excited about that, Tall Paul. Uh, that one. <laughs> that one is in the works. Um, I'll throw it back over to you, Liam. To intro us for today's episode thanks jonathan and thanks friends um today we are talking about the classic nintendo 64 game goldeneye 007 so if anyone thought we were talking about the actual pierce brosnan movie i have to disappoint you right now we're talking about the video game adaptation oh jonathan just left that's that's disappointing but before we go into that, obviously, I just have a little bit of information about the game for anyone who might not know about it. Uh, GoldenEye 007 is a 1997 first-person shooter developed by Rare and published by Nintendo for the Nintendo 64. Based on the 1995 James Bond film, GoldenEye, it features a single-player campaign in which the player controls secret intelligence service agent James Bond. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Through a series of levels to prevent a criminal syndicate from using a satellite weapon against London to cause a financial meltdown. Ooh. The game includes a multiplayer mode in which up to four players compete in several deathmatch scenarios via, via split screen. GoldenEye 007 is considered an important game in the history of first-person shooters for demonstrating the viability of game consoles as platforms for the genre. A spiritual successor, Perfect Dark, was released in 2000. A reimagining of the game, also titled, also titled GoldenEye 007, was released in 2010. So I guess I'll throw it to either one of you, but actually, Marcy, you are a resident Bond expert. Do you want to just like jump into like your initial memories of Goldeneye or anything? Yeah, sure, definitely can do that. Um, Is it okay so that you're the Bond expert? I've I've actually I've never seen a Bond movie. Um, I don't know. That's true. You you brought it up in Snake Eater. No, I love so them. Yeah, we have it on recording, yeah, and I know this. you half my life more than half yeah. my life. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Um, I so I think I've mentioned this podcast before. Um, I had a PlayStation One, uh, and I swapped it for an N sixty four. Um, and one of the reasons I did that was actually for Goldeneye, um, which I think was in 1998, um, so about a year after it came out. Um, but my first love in regards to playing Bond video games wasn't actually Goldeneye. It was um, a game called James Bond 007 for the Game Boy, which I can guarantee nearly no one has played listening to this podcast. No, I have no idea what this is. Yeah, and I, it's hard for me to recommend it either. Um, but it was kind of a side-scroller RPG. Um, that kind of, the idea was it kind of brought you through the different movies as kind of separate standalone missions. As a kid, I absolutely loved it. I, I adored it. Um, I think I ended up losing it. And I actually rebought it about two years ago in a little thrift shop in Ottawa, um, which was very exciting. Um, but I'd always kind of, really wanted them to perfect uh, the feeling of uh, a Bond movie in a video game. Um, and the first time I saw GoldenEye, which was at my friend Eric's house, who I haven't spoken to in like forever, I don't even know if he's still alive, actually. It's a bit dark. Um, anyway, but I remember seeing it and being like, wow, this is incredible. And that was just the multiplayer. So it was the multiplayer that I first saw 
um, where someone was playing his Jaws, someone has Odd Job, um, someone has Xena on the top, and then someone has Pierce, or sorry, James Bond. Um, and it just sucked me in and really, really blew me away. And it's what made me kind of say, hey, time to hand over my PlayStation and swap it for an N64. Um, and actually, this, which is the worst deal in history, uh, from my friend Eric, I gave him a PlayStation, which at the time had the Die Hard trilogy. I don't know if you remember that game. Loved it. Yeah, top, yeah was it, that, it was one of them was top down, right? Yeah, one, uh, one was top down. I think one was like uh, kind of on rails, and one was kind of driving. Uh, some FIFA game, maybe FIFA '98, and he gave me the N64 with GoldenEye, Zelda, and I think banjo kazooie something like that something where i was like this is a terrible Whoa. trade what a fool probably we're not friends anymore um but that was kind of my my first kind of uh impression with it but uh, yeah i've been a lifelong james bond fan uh, until i saw no time to die uh, and i'm just not gonna watch them anymore because they're fucking rubbish now. i still haven't seen no time to die uh don't just don't Honestly, and let, just, no, let's, let's not do this here. I, I, I'll go off the rent. Just um, watch I, GoldenEye instead. Yeah, watch GoldenEye. Yeah, far, far I did. I actually watched GoldenEye recently. I think I texted either both of you or Marcy about it that I was so taken back. I know we're not here to actually talk about the movie, but I was so taken back at how uh, playful Bond's banter was in it. Like every line that comes out it's of his mouth is a fucking a sexual pun or every, something. Like, this was the 90s. Yeah, this, yeah. Is how, this is how it went down in the 90s. <laughs> Um, for me, Liam, it's probably Christmas 98. And I remember being in uh, Carsevine County, Kerry with all of my cousins. And that was the year, um, similar enough to the, the Arcarina of Time episode where I was describing some of my best memories of the game, which was all of my cousins had N64s. So it was just a rotating of location of where four-player multiplayer was happening. That's cool. Um, between where we were staying, between like two or three other cousins' house, it was just, you're talking like 10-hour sessions in different locations. I think no matter what my kind of, you know, what I consider the best games of the Nintendo 64, I think looking back at it, I think Ocarina of Time, Mario 64, and then GoldenEye are kind of the three pillars of kind of what I think of when I think of that con- of that console, because such a big part of Nintendo sixty four was um, the four player thing. Mm-hmm. So many people have memories of just different colored N sixty four controllers. You might have to have friends bring them over because you might not ha- have enough plugged into that little kind of toy looking machine. And um, I don't know, like there's pl- there's so many good multiplayer games for the N sixty four. You know, Mario Kart, Mario Party, whatever. But Goldeneye really was kind of the quintessential one. It was it was it was the king of it, and I actually never owned the game. I I had like Mario Kart. I had like Perfect Dark. I Conquers Bad Fur Day. I had Banjo. I had such a good collection of Nintendo sixty four games. But my house, as I mentioned in the, I think it was the Conquer episode, was kind of the multiplayer video game hub. Like all my friends, you know, used to, over the years used to gather here. So one of my friends, Mark Ronan, brought. Goldeneye over so much oh, that I actually I actually assimilated it into my collection and I still I still have it. I'm at, I'm at home now for it. No way. Now for Christmas and it's literally like two feet from me. So it's right behind me. I took his Diddy Kong Racing as well. Um, what, what what's amazing though is like you know I don't know if you guys know this or if our audience knows it is the the multiplayer of Goldeneye didn't come to fruition until months before release yeah mm. yeah yeah absolutely it's an afterthought one wasn't 
Yeah, it was, you know, they they spent, I think it was like two, two and a half years getting the single player done. It had been delayed two or three times. Um, and then I forget who it was from Nintendo was pushing. So like the N64 console pretty much hadn't even really been built yet. And one of the advocates over at N- Nintendo um, kept pushing Rare and Nintendo to be like, you need to include four ports in- on your console and we need to like retrofit GoldenEye with a four-player multiplayer uh, mode. And there was like there's stories about how not even some of the top brass at at Rare knew that this was happening. Like Nintendo guys from Nintendo went directly to because you're talking about you know uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but at that time you're talking like teams of maybe no more than like fifty people, a hundred people compared mm-hmm. to you know, the hundreds, if not thousands of people who work on some games now. Um, I'd say it was even smaller uh, for GoldenEye, for Rare, I would say. I, I don't have the information off them, but I, yeah. I say a dozen. It was and a, like, team, yeah. a team of 10, apparently. I was, was it? Yeah. 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 yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Well, it was like two guys who were mm-hmm. told by, this, uh, by Nintendo, it's like, we want you to work on this on the side. And <laughs> because apparently if like everyone knew, because the game was delayed twice already, um, that they would have been like, no, we need to get it to, to market. Fascinating stories. But I said in while talking about Majora's Mask, I, I there's something about Majora's Mask the way that, that they were pressured to make that game so quickly. They had like they wanted to release it a year after Ocarina. They ended up releasing it too, but the development time was a year. That I think as a kind of an insult and a compliment, bigger compliment, that there's a kind of a feeling of they didn't have time to second guess themselves. So there's a kind of just a kind of a creative verve and like like I think they might have kind of landed on things, you know, that they couldn't really change their mind about, but that's kind of his personality. And that tenfold for the GoldenEye multiplayer, there's something very toy-like about it. There's something very mm. kind of cobbled together, yet it, like the fundamentals work so well that it just, you know, it, it was just so fun and, and just like, a, like, like a, a weird toy. But I think if they had more time, I don't know if we would, I don't know if it would have been as good. There's something about the slapdash nature of it, you know? It's simplicity. Because it, yeah. it, it, I don't want to say it was a game that really relied on skill, um, <laughs> but I, I was never great at it. I remember, what seems actually funny, Liam, is I remember playing it at your house an awful lot, like the three mm-hmm. of us. But that probably would have been what, 2004, 2006? Yeah, the, 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 the multiplayer, multiplayer games in my house lasted for years. And there were some yeah. games that, you know, were never kind of shelved and golden was one of them we just kept putting it on you know yeah but i remember murph in particular was incredibly good at golden um, our friend stephen murphy and he yeah. used to hold the n64 controller incorrectly he did yeah would sometimes make sound effects when he was shooting like <laughs> how would he how would he, would he reach across would he hold the two ends and then reach across so no one noticed no one noticed in time like he was new to the n64 and we're like time. hey well, let's play gold <laughs> no like i mean like to teach him how to do it properly so it's so strange oh and he would hold no it wasn't yeah you'd look at that console that, that, that controller and it's bizarre it has three handles and i think if you didn't know you'd grab the two outside ones. But no, he grabbed the middle one and the left one. Yeah. So his left what? hand, wasn't it? And yeah, so his left, right, hand, yeah. his left hand was over there by the D-pad and the L button, like doing nothing. So yeah. he'd like reach across and like that, press the work. buttons. 
Yeah, and he, he'd have these like claw hands to play the game, but he was like a savant at it. He was so good at that game. It was excellent, yeah. It was yeah. fascinating. I, I think it's the most fascinating thing that I've ever encountered in my entire life. I, I'm going to say I, that without <laughs> hyperbole. I have such <laughs> images of him, like, because he was always crouched and you'd see him just fly by in the corridor. It's like odd jobs. But that's the thing, right? Liam talks about the slapdash nature of the, of the timing that they had. That was one of, uh, one of the things. It was that they hadn't programmed, and they, they, the the rare developers talk about this. They hadn't programmed a lot of the language about movement, so the crouch, essentially, that you're completely right. It's it's almost like Alien and Alien One, where he's like craw- crawling along the floor, and it looks yeah. just so fucking silly. Um, it's exactly the same. They didn't have time to actually fix the animations. Yeah, which, which is funny because time has kind of treated that well. You look back and that is more of a joke as opposed to if you saw it in a video game today, you would be like, "Wow, that's terrible." I feel like I've been removed from it, you know, from the experience. It's not immersive, that kind of thing. For, for me, it just uh, yeah, it's just it's just a funny, happy memory. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have kind of an opinion about this game. Uh, let me just see if I can incite um, any anger here. No, I think <gasps> no, no, no. It's not controversial. I I love this game. I have such fond memories for it. But in comparing it to other, like just to keep it simple, to compare it to other Nintendo 64 games, I wouldn't go on about it as something. I, I would say pick up Mario 64, pick up Ocarina of Time now, you know, young folk or anyone who hasn't played it. And I think they're sort of timeless. You know, they've aged in ways that games have aged, but they're sort of timeless. I think GoldenEye was sort of made kind of almost redundant very quickly by the kind of, you know, Halo happening on Xbox and things like Counter-Strike on PC. And and I mean this in the nicest way possible, that I think people who weren't there for it in 1997 don't really give a shit about Goldeneye. I I think it's it's for us. Does that make sense? We were there. Anyone who was playing video games in 1997, it doesn't matter if you were a kid or an adult or a teenager or whatever. If you were playing games in 1997, uh, Goldeneye was such a centerpiece of gaming. But I don't think it's like this timeless thing. I think it aged very quickly. But that sort of means that I'm kind of extra nostalgic for it. I'm extra kind of like, this is our game. It's just, you know, there are certain things that come out and it's just for people who were around this era. And that's fine. And I, I think I think we'd be much more forgiving towards its kind of odd control scheme and stuff like the fact that people slide around on their knees instead of crawl and stuff like that. But I think, I don't think anyone who's like, maybe even grew up like a few years after us or maybe played Halo, uh, maybe that or, or anything, um, the other big multiplayer first-person shooters that came out but I, I don't think anyone would be kind of like go back and play that and go oh this is a hidden gem i think it was just a pocket of time where it was just this new fresh thing and i i i, I love it for that you know yeah yeah like for, you know i think it's a really really good point liam and i think it's it's of its time and it's it's of our time uh as you said the you know off the top of the show um, your snippet about you know it really showcasing what FPSs could be on uh, a console uh, was the big thing. You know, yeah. I, I think I, I think it's fair to say that without GoldenEye, there is no there is no Halo. No, there there is no what maybe like Call you know Call of Duty, oh, Duty. yeah uh, became. You know, all of the. And I know, I think, Marcy, you should be able to speak to this as um, someone who is uh, a history in PC. But like the first person shooters at that time, like I remember, you know, I remember Wolfenstein. Mm. I remember Quake. I remember Doom. Mm -hmm. And 
they're very, very different games on a platform that costs a grand or a yeah. 12, 1200 bucks at the time. Saying that the fuck N64 was like 500 euro was or it? whatever. It was outrageous, man. It was. You could, could use four controllers on it, right? That's what you're paying for. <laughs> for all 100 euro each. Uh, but like again, right? It, it was it it's it was the springboard for everything that that uh, that came after. Yeah, it, it it captured a really good moment in time. Like I I don't speak for the two of you, but I don't think any of us have actually gone back and replayed it, you know, on our own. Like I've long time, long yeah, time. So, but, but with the two games, other games you mentioned, Liam, Orcuna Time and Mario sixty four, I replayed both of those in in the last couple of years. Um, so, but I I think yeah, it it just. You know, around that time, I was very much into PC uh, gaming and first-person shooters, in particular like what Half Life. I think was was ninety-seven. System Shock um, would have been around ninety-seven, ninety-eight, and then even Thief, to maybe a bit of a, a lesser degree, were just absolute game changers. But you never saw anything like that on a console. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, but I think as well, GoldenEye came out pretty quickly after the N64 was released as well, yeah. like maybe within a year or two. So, yeah, it was in the second year. Yeah, yeah. so that was like, you know, console gaming in 3D was a pretty new thing as well. So mm. I, I just remember being absolutely blown away by it and about how incredibly impressively it it mimicked the movie, even though the movie came out about, what, three years before the game came out? Um, but yeah, I think it, it definitely set a trend, but I'd be worried to pick it up and play it now, as I'd imagine it wouldn't have aged particularly well but as you said uh liam it would just be probably a lot of warm nostalgia which i need right now because I, still you know i i think i think from a gameplay perspective it um it just uh, it, it won't uh hold up um co- yeah. compared to our memories back then because obviously you know c- controller schemes have uh, evolved but there's definitely things for its time that are quite remarkable in, in my opinion and i think like the sound design of that game even by t- like today's standards there's so much love poured into a completely memeable part of that game and we witnessed this before we started recording which is like the soundtrack mm. and it's like the best bond soundtrack that isn't even <laughs> in a bond movie yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's incredible yeah when you said that like so many sounds just live in my head and like you, you said like the iconic soundtrack and the sound effects like i can just hear them i can hear the when you slap that yeah, sound they yeah. kind of <laughs> cutting through the air yeah the, 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 when you when a bullet hits someone and they go ooh, yeah the noise of brown doors slowly opening yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i sent you guys actually a clip from it only about maybe yeah, it, was three, a, it, was, it was a tiktok yeah it was a tiktok of the the pause menu which used to be absolutely <laughs> incredible, incredible. Um, talk amongst yourselves, I'm going to go find it. But it was, the music in that game is absolutely amazing, timeless. There's all the little details like that, like the pause menu is just one of those fun little details where it's actually him looking down at his watch. That's, <laughs> that's you know, it. And it's funny, Liam, I, like in my notes for the show, the, the one game that actually came to my mind um, was, um, and we did an episode of Dead Space. Why don't we just play this in the background of all our episodes? This <laughs> be our new intro. This because when we you, when we move to YouTube, we'll probably get us. Well, we can shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, but the, one of the games that came to my mind actually was Dead Space, um, which is, and and hear me out, which is how you actually integrate um, uh, your 
life, your you know your special you know in oh, quote unquote, yeah. um, but like body armor that you have it's into the game, um, and it's at the time obviously they're working with restricted technology, but at the same time it's kind of like that's built into the experience because Bond, it goes from fir- like first person to third person back to first person with mm. Bond looking at his watch. And it's like, oh, that's where my health bar is. And then that's mm. where my armor is. Uh, like little details like that. Absolutely phenomenal. Like, you know, this game was done by Bond fans. That's actually, when just reading up again and thinking back about it, those little kind of little love notes to, to Bond are just littered throughout the game. Like even kind of, um, like some of the gadgets you get to use through the game, uh, which isn't often, but things like the camera that's like from Moonraker is really, really cool. Um, or even uh, some of the, the kind of particular watch kind of uh, gimmicks, like from Lights of the Kill or Living Daylights. As like a Bond fan, it was really cool to just kind of come across the little nuggets every now and then. And I think I could be completely wrong here, but I think there was even some bonus levels one in like I think it's called the Aztec, which would have been from like living Aztec in Egypt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that man just proper love given to the the franchise. Um, that when I'm, I'm struggling to think of another game that has given that much respect to a movie series before and, and executed it so well. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's often held up as the best video game movie adaptation or movie video game adaptation. I don't know which order to say those words. But um, do you still agree all these years later? Have you played anything based on a movie? So I think there was a time, around the time of, of GoldenEye, um, movie, movie games had a reputation of being shit. And I think uh, a, a well-warranted one, like it was kind of a diamond in the rough to find a good one. Um, these days, they're less... I can't even, <laughs> did it, did, I can't even think of one. Do you still think it's the best one, essentially, you, you, all these years later? I kind of think it is, although there's probably something that will spring to mind. There's a couple. There's a couple that come to to my mind, and I am looking at a couple. But it's like, oh yeah, that's what it is for different experiences. Um, Spider Man Two on PlayStation yeah, Two that was, cool. oh, was uh, was pretty was pretty great. Um, Aladdin on oh wow Super Nintendo. Yeah. Now, so here's the thing: there's a Super Nintendo one, and there's a Sega Mega Drive one, and they're two completely different games. My, I know. That's yeah, yeah. One, one's made by Capcom. One's made by Virgin Interactive. Which, know, is, which know, is the good I, one? They're, they're both good in different ways. That's what's great about them. Oh, yeah. Another one I was obsessed with and rent the rented the crap out of um, was actually the Lord of the Rings games. Um, Do you know, I don't think they were that good, but I have a huge oh, fondness no. for them. Two towers. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, game. I said that out loud and it felt a bit wrong. But I, I think very good games. But I have no, I've absolutely nothing but you know love and affection for the memories of them. Robocop uh, was good. Was a good Robocop, game for the original Nintendo as well. Well, War, well Rogue about, Squadron. Yeah, that was Star Wars. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Star Wars is going to be like a litany of a litany of games. But uh, what about Die Hard trilogy? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh because it is a, it's a fun and it came out game. the year before Goldeneye you know what it I mean yeah. yeah would would Goldeneye exist without it yes it would it, would, it <laughs> definitely would I I agree Liam even though Oak's name some brilliant ones there uh, I think Goldeneye still, yeah, probably is. still still holds that yeah still holds that up I think for for sure and did you um did you just kind of cast your mind back do you have any preferences for how to play that multiplayer because that was what that was another great aspect of it it was so customizable in terms of you know your weapon loadouts and the kind of weapons you find but also i will always um play if i can license the kill yeah. which is the mode where it's one it's a one-shot kill 
uh, for a person I, I, I like. I like living on the edge. You know that about me. You knew that before you started this podcast with me, okay? <laughs> right, right. Um, uh, proximity <laughs> minds only. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's great. Yeah. yeah. G- give me life to the kill and dual wielding clubs. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a happy man. Well, see, sometimes I think you're going to turn into a dual wielding club. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say Liam. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I was gonna speak to the um, the single player because okay. we, you know we've spoken a lot about the the multiplayer, but uh, and obviously you know between the three of us, we've spent countless hours even together playing the multiplayer. But where the, does the single player hold a special place in your in your heart and in your memory? Um, uh, as a Bond fan, yeah, sure. There's lots of cool things that did well that were enjoyable. Didn't do the story of Goldeneye, Marcy, but also have levels, some levels in the middle of it that were plucked from different Bond films. Or am I completely wrong there? No, yeah, yeah, you're right. There was some yeah, bonus yeah. levels that were pulled from from different uh, different games. But it, it, in fairness to it, it literally pulled exact like scenarios from the movie mm. and replicated them really, really well. Um, like the the tank chase scene. I remember there's like some stuff in around there that even i think isn't even the intro the the bit of a uh, bond jumping off the, the dam yeah. which i remember being young and recent thing that was very really, really well cool. the first guy the first man that pierce brosnan as his tenure as james bond the first man he murders is in a bathroom and i think you know they replicate they replicate that don't they you're in a vent and you can shoot a guy in the toilet in the yeah. facility in the facility up the level yeah that's actually just from pierce brosnan's life though that didn't that's yeah. not in the movie yeah that was someone, someone filmed him doing that and went whoa <laughs> Yeah, can we yeah. like build a fucking Bond film around this toilet murder? And yeah, they could not only they could build four movies, a franchise. Toilet murder. If you're playing, hey, look, listen, bingo. There you go. <laughs> toilet murder. Toilet murder has popped up. <laughs> uh, no, I, I. It's weird. I, I actually, my memories of single player are more to do with the cheats than actually playing through the game and enjoying it. <laughs> it, was the, it was the age of cheats, wasn't it? It was, cheat codes. Like, yeah. yeah. Like turning on 007 mode and being able to turn up the, you know, turn up and turn down the, the, the health or uh, What's 007 mode? What's 007 mode? 007 mode that you got after you think you beat the game in Secret they, Agent level or some of that and you, you got to unlock And they add more stuff. missions? Or, yeah, there was some is? bonus stuff that popped up and you were able to kind of, you had sliders where you could change enemy yep. health, the power of your guns, all that kind of stuff. Um, but even though, like, again, I, it did so many amazing things well. Like, I remember some of the first games where, like, if you shot someone in the head, uh, that would kill them instantly. If you shot them in the leg, they'd be, like, a bit more wounded, which I remember n- never seeing in a game before. Um, there was a ton of fun shooting men in that game, and I mean that in, like, <laughs> the, the, the less, uh, less weird way possible. It was just, just like you said, there was, like, effort into kind of, like, you shoot them in the hand, they would grab mm. their hand, and they all looked like bizarre homunculi well did you hear what um yeah they're all like uh, real life faces slapped onto uh, and low polygon fucking models supposedly supposedly the game was super bloody like as in blood was meant to like fucking squirt out and all this kind of Mm. shit when you um and then this was before they brought it to nintendo and i think it was miyamoto who this is this is just so fucking nintendo i'm just imagining sitting on a fucking throne as he says this now uh at the end of every level, all of the guys you killed should come back to life and shake hands with Bond. <laughs> <laughs> because he thought we should show kids that violence isn't good. What? And then, yeah. And then the, 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 the gentle British men at Rare who are probably, you know, <laughs> sipping tea, but, you know, they're probably furious. You can't change, but they can't have the Japanese changing Bond, of oh. all things. That is was, so was it Was it uh, Race 18s? Oh, I don't know. I think at the time, yeah. I think it... There's no blood spreading out like Owen said, but the blood on people's 
clothes um, mm-hmm. um, remained. Like if where you they get bloody where you shoot them. I love this game for the multiplayer. My memories of it are for the multiplayer. And even as a little kiddie, I didn't think the single player was fantastic. That's not to say it isn't quite good, but I, it's kind of unfair. But just compared to other single player N64 games of the time, I think the single player doesn't just doesn't hold up. But I do have, especially of that facility level, which I think was level two. Mm. I just have like a ton of good memories of. Um, I was going to say my memories are the first quarter, mm. yeah, or maybe first half of the single player um, of that game is that's where I'd get to, and I would stop playing, and I'd just go back to. I I I didn't like the the dark greens and the blacks <laughs> of like the later levels yeah, yeah. Yeah. except maybe the train i li- like i like the train level but Train's the streets cool of level. i think it was like the streets of russia or whatever it was marcy that, mm. that you said that they pulled from yeah um i didn't like those levels like the archive um and the caverns there, and i hated the little, jungle there's a little bit too much of going down corridors and finding a particular computer to press like be in front of and that like you know mission objective complete um but it kind of feels a little bit disingenuous to be too like you know angry about the single player of 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 Goldeneye. Like it came packaged with the multiplayer. It was a good package all around. And um, I think if you were a Bond fan like Marcy, and I was a Bond fan to a degree, uh, Pierce Brosnan Bond films are kind of a part of my childhood in a way. But um, yeah, they did kind of create that James Bond vibe really well. <laughs> this was long before the times of you know a, a studio getting like like Rocksteady getting Batman and mm-hmm. making a batman game you know like he was top to bottom like that this, this isn't what golden i was but with the music and the, the whole vibe of everything it, it that kind of adds to the single player which i think is average but the it, shooting the shooting those weird men with bond music playing is just it's timeless there's <laughs> there's something i will give it credit for and it's something that you you, you don't see now right and it, it call it um it exists probably because of the time it was made but like bond did something or that game did something for you know fps is on on console which is like it's almost kind of like a playhouse adventure game like i get what like totally liam is about you know it is about corridor to certain computer pick up file go to oh my god go to go to the next thing <laughs> but at the same time they had built these levels that allow certain freedom where there's just nothing where you're walking around, you know what I mean? And I think the yeah. facility is a great example of that. There's literally rooms where there's nothing to do with the progression of that level. Um, but, and it didn't... It, but it doesn't feel wasted, though. I know what you're saying. It, it felt like exactly. you kind of... Because you, you could play a stealth playthrough, doing air quotes yep. so no one can see them, um, of Goldeneye. And I think a lot of those kind of random rooms are off to, you know, here and there, and there's nothing in there. Made it kind of feel like you had a kind of a bit of freedom of choice about how you was approach each uh, each level um and i don't yeah. think there was things like option like i'm trying to think of my games or my games the games that i was playing at the time and maybe the first i forget when like the first rainbow six came out um but like the options that it would give you for different um linear mission completion um but also putting in optional mission completion and i i'm, I'm fairly certain gold and i had that because i know perfect dark had it, but I'm pretty certain that Goldeneye had some of that as well. Couldn't you, get to is, the end, yeah. couldn't you get to the end of a mission though, and it would be like, oh, you didn't press computer one mission, one objective not complete, and I'd be like, ah, damn it, I didn't know how to do that or whatever, you know? Because <laughs> I don't know if I read back then. 
I don't know. It probably told you. It probably told you exactly what you were supposed to be doing. Like, I don't mean. I don't mean. I didn't read. Like I, I did read. Well, you didn't as a learn human, to read but... till about oh. two four. I think. Yeah, yeah. I learned by um, going back and playing Bond. <laughs> I probably played Perfect Dark campaign more. I prefer. Repeatedly. Perfe- I prefer the Perfect Dark campaign, although I think it still has sort of the same problems. But um. I think you prefer the, the multiplayer. I think the multiplayer perfect deck is better than Golden. I think it, I, I, if someone said that they preferred it, like if they, if they thought it was a better version of the same model, I wouldn't disagree. But no, I have more fond memories of, of Goldeneye. But I also have hours and hours of Perfect Dark um, as well. Um, that game was super fun. There was a, a gun in that game that could shoot through laptop an entire gun? level. It could shoot oh. through an entire level. What was a laptop gun again? Yeah, that's familiar. What was it was that? a laptop, and you throw it on the ground, and it turns into like a sentry yes. gun. <laughs> Oh, perfect I no, dark. Sorry, I have no memories of it. I never played. Really, you never, <laughs> never played perfect dark. Ne- no, it just because I, I think you needed something for the N sixty four, didn't you? I mean, imagine yeah, you had you, to, like, you ex- the, some sort of graphical expansion. Yep, pack the, the expansion pack. It was like one of four, three, four games that needed it. Yeah, I think I remember asking Owen could I borrow his, and I just never. never got but back they, to they, uh, did Rare lose the IP? Did Rare lose the Bond IP, or 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 was this just their absolute choice? They, to, like, yeah, no, that's a, it's a, it was Nintendo owned the IP. Hmm. And the Nintendo had asked Rare post Goldeneye if they wanted to do another one, but they wanted to do their own, which turned out to be Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark and then we yeah. got uh, the incredible third person Tomorrow Never Dies shooter on PlayStation. Oh, Are you being sarcastic so or is it actually incredible? Oh, I've never no, played it's, it. It's not that, well, it's fine. It's yeah, it, do, it does no, a, it does a job. It it didn't look great. Uh, it didn't have any multiplayer, I believe. Um, I yeah, I don't just, think so. It's just single player game. The world's not enough. Uh, that's the nearest I feel like they've come to having uh, another good uh, port or like what a, was that? Or adaption. What, was that um, on the N64 as well? I think I played it on the Wii. Wii. The, it was no. on the N64. No, no, the world's not enough is too early for the Wii. 2000 when did the week there is there is one bond game that i played and it's like the only other bond game i remember enjoying and it was a single player thing and it was for the playstation 2 but i from russia with love love, yeah no it wasn't it was an original it was an original title bloodstone no oh my god how many is there why didn't I um, research this before I started? It? So, no, I like I, it. Actually, just it came to me when you were talking about other Bond because because I don't think I've played any other Bond game except for the 2010 GoldenEye um, remake, quote unquote remake, which I thought was such a average to below average game that they absolutely zoned in on people's nostalgia. They were like, "Oh, people will buy this on name recognition." Yeah. And I remember playing it in a friend's house because we were all kind of older kids then. Well, I think we're adults. Even that's what you call them. I think. Oh gosh! And, was um, it was it Nightfire? <laughs> no, it wasn't Nightfire. I'll know it when I hear. It. So I don't know. Why I got angry. A- there. Was it Agent something? <laughs> a- Agent something? Oh, Rogue Agent. Agent under fire. Agent Rogue under fire. No, Rogue. I think I think Mar- I think Agent under, so fire. Agent under fire. Everything under fire. I don't know. I don't. I didn't think there'd be so many. J- James Bond 007, Agent under fire. That yeah, could be. PS2. PlayStation 2. Yeah, I think that could be it. Yeah, I remember okay. enjoying that. Why do we think I own, um, I own GoldenEye 007 for the week? But I did. So I remember playing it in a house with friends and we were kind of convincing ourselves, whoa, it's like a new GoldenEye. And then after kind of one session playing it, we kind of all realized, like, oh, no, this is this is a cash grab. And they're like, they're, yeah, like I said, they're just, they, named, they, they have the IP, but they're not rare. It's not a sequel. It's not a remake. It's just kind of a below average first person shooter. And 
playing it on the Wii with the Wii remote, which was, you know, yeah. a, par- a chapter of our lives. We kind of, you know, <laughs> don't look back on fondly for the most part, you know. Mm. I am excited to see what comes next, though, seeing as IO Interactive have the license now, the the chaps who did um, Hitman series. Um, oh, oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I knew that's actually a while yeah. ago now. I think it might have gotten announced before COVID. Project 007, I think it's called. So I, I think nothing has come out. No. Oh, they they haven't even style. started working on it. Yeah, probably a Hitman's A Hitman-style Bond game would be fantastic. Uh, marriage in heaven. That'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah. I love the Hitman series. Um, but... Again, I I would what I'd love to see now though, it would be kind of as you said, Liam, a standalone story, something that something that doesn't pull for me in the last few few movies, something that kind of stands in its own right, and then we can kind of you kind of maybe see and a series would, that does out of that. Would you like a woman to play Bond? I I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind a okay. woman uh, to play James Bond. Um, I just I like how you try to set me up there to. I don't know. You, I just thought it was tear my character. Yeah. Apart. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I'd be very open to that. I think what what I'd like to see is just something that stands on its own, kind of makes its own mark. Because the problem with with the Bond series is, and even with the with the books and the newer books they've written, they're always trying to pull from the older movies or the older books i'd like to see someone do something fresh and new with it and kind of take it in a different direction like i'd love like a like a mini series or something like that would be would be kind of really really fun um just as long as anyone involved with the last movie has nothing to do with it um i think it's not even the worst daniel craig one martha i know you hate it but like it's not as bad as specter it probably isn't but it it it, i don't know i just expected more of it and it had more responsibility do you know what i mean um yeah specter is a pile of shite as well and so is uh, quantum, quantum solace isn't very good man danny craig good bond yeah. but not very good movies same as kind of did Pierce. he get a, did he get any games did he get his face put onto little digital james bond i think he did he, didn't he? he did yeah he got one he we got the i played the quantum solace game um which was appalling right. uh <laughs> and it was very very short oh did they did they rip really? all the memorable set pieces and moments from the quantum <laughs> solace movie to turn it into <laughs> it's, a game it's, yeah it's a, it's a 22 minute game um yeah. <laughs> basically just that opening car sequence um but i think didn't he guess i feel like he got his own standalone one as well that was like had, a, mm. had like his own story and everything like that but man the more we talk about this the more obvious it is that golden eye really is the only one that's completely nailed it and gotten it right yeah and do, do you know what i remember um like very clearly i remember interviews with um pierce brosnan like there weren't there weren't interviews everywhere about pierce brosnan talking about the n64 game but he was very happy to have his face on it yeah and that's the thing as well that's also a really funny thing about uh, the multiplayer of, of of goldeneye as well is that you have like we'd be kids like but we were all like film nerds and stuff of like that so yeah. we'd be like um who are you being oh i'm being sean bean i'm i, I and i i always just i always just go okay i'm i'm cracker yeah. i'm picking cracker <laughs> You know, fucking Robbie Coltrane. Robbie you know? Coltrane. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm Hagrid. I yeah. always, I, I don't think it was for my entire tenure of playing that game, but definitely the last years, I wouldn't play that game unless I was Cracker. Like, I don't play um, Mario Kart 64 unless people let me be Yoshi. It's a, it's a hang up from my childhood. And I just think so the same thing. Just to clarify, same thing with clarify, Cracker was a BBC TV show. Uh, <laughs> it was like it was like a really grim um, kind of detective crime thing that, like, I, I don't know why us as kids were like calling him Cracker and not fucking Hagrid or something or whatever like, the iconic <laughs> character. But, but yeah, um, what I was going to say was, I thought I why you I remember Pierce Brosnan being very happy that his face was in, it, and I loved the way that all these actors were in the game. But you remember around the same time. On the Nintendo Nintendo sixty four, there was a Mission Impossible game. 
and oh, Tom, yeah. Cruise, Tom, I Cruise, Tom Cruise did not allow his. That was a great game. Yeah, he, he, did. he, he didn't. No, he just, he's just some generic dude in the game. He's not Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt. But it's like the um, the imagery for Connery um, and Moore and Dalton, they're all in the code of Goldeneye. So they had put, yeah, oh, there was meant to be a mode oh. where you could unlock the other bonds, but essentially it just came down to royalty, royalties of what would have to be paid. Um, and they just, yeah, they kept it in the code, they but got, you can't they got, play it. They got like Jaws and Odd Job and Baron Smeddy and all these other Bond villains, though. They definitely put ones from other movies. Yeah, it's it. because they had they had signed off their their rights to MGM, right? So they got it with the license hmm. already. And I suppose talking about this game, you have to talk about like almost everyone who's played it. Like you know, it's it's one of those like things that like we all know. Even if we lived halfway across the world from each other, everyone has had the same problem. Who played Goldeneye as um, hating the fucking prick who picked odd job. Hashtag no odd job. No, and there was also another one. Um, she was the little one from. Um, she was the little one from Moonraker, I believe. Uh, oh yeah, was, the, the one who Jaws falls in love with. Yeah. yeah, she was equally as small, and she was kind of secret at the end of the character's next screen. So I was like, people would be like, "No odd job," and I'd be like, <laughs> "And and you know, to to explain for the reason to, who haven't played it, there there would be a kind of like an auto lock when you would go to shoot." And they never fixed the issue because that was the day of no patching. Um, the game is what you know what what you fucking bought in the store, and those characters were small in height, so it would auto lock above the character, <laughs> yeah. so you would end up shooting at nothing. Such a fucking can't believe it. if that got let in today, man. People would flip. They would. Oh, freak dude, do you out. remember WWF No Mercy and the whole thing about that, where the game was actually broken, and I had to go back into to game. And like give back my copy of the game and then receive a new one. Like it ah, oh, I miss those days. I remember playing that game and I was a kid who knew nothing. I knew zero about wrestling. So I was playing it with people who were really interesting. That was a fun game. It was um, brilliant. So, yeah, and it was a like really fun game. And I, I was going through like who who, who am I gonna be? Am I gonna be Stone Cold? I didn't know no I didn't know who anyone was. I didn't know it's, no it's, wrestlers. Yeah, sorry, yeah. It's very <laughs> similar how it's very similar how I zoned in on Cracker. I was just scrolling through these, scrolling through these characters. I was like, "Oh, I'm going to be this guy, Vince McMahon," and that's the only guy I picked because <laughs> he was just some lad in a suit to me, you know. Vince McMahon. That was really fun. I just thought that was really funny. Right. Vince oh, McMahon. God. Vince McMahon. Some, <laughs> some, some Irish lad. Oh no! <laughs> Did I say it really Irish? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, here's here. You know, before we. Uh, end today's episode I'll, mm. I'll tell you two fun facts um if you gents didn't know and if the audience didn't know about the the golden eye game um one of them was the original game design of what the game was going to be and this can actually be seen on the reveal video for the n64 at one of the uh, japanese trade shows it was meant to be a virtua cop clone that was on the rails oh, yeah okay oh, like, like time crisis or something like time crisis yeah um one of the uh, I, I believe they were called light gun shooters i think it was... yeah rail shooter would be the genre yeah the yeah on, on the rail shooter yeah. um and then the second one which is actually really fucking cool is they had a um a design for in order to reload your gun i don't know if it was going to be the only way you would have to take out the rumble pack out of the N64 controller and then insert it back in to insert a new clip into your gun. That'd be pretty cool. It'd be, it, 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 
it would be cool for the first five times and then you'd be like oh god (laughs) but it's really cool that they're thinking about that kind of stuff back then you know oh yeah a hundred percent that was such a sorry just to just remind me of such a tiny small thing as well um the z button on the n64 controller Mm. which was a complete innovation in a way a new thing like i never heard of a button on the back side of a controller and as the trigger was just so cool and i I remember mario could crouch with it in mario 64 but it wasn't until the golden eye i was like ah that's why they made this um Mm. this back button it's supposed to be like a trigger it's like you're holding the gun and they didn't get the rumble pack thing in on but at least they got that cool little that trigger button and and your third fun fact liam was and it's very aligned with what you're saying which is oh the when they were designing the game uh the n64 specs and controller weren't even completed so the initial development phase of goldeneye was actually on the sega saturn controller yeah, i remember that yeah ah, i did not it's know a terrible controller as well by the way i have never you held... owned one right marcy still have it yeah i have it i've, I've, never, held right sega, I've never held the sega saturn controller i played one so it's the point where i've really romanticized it I was actually in a over over Christmas. I was up in a retro video game store in Dublin. I was asking the guy behind the counter if they sell Saturns, how much they go for it because I really want one. I, I really want one. So if anyone any of our fans out there, uh, I'll, I'll throw our PO box up on um, our Instagram. Send Liam a Saturn, please. That would be great. Not Hiker PN though. Again, if you could just please limit all contacts and between any of us, I'd be and great. Hiker PN, if you could like give me back my daughter or at least let me know that she's safe, <laughs> I'd really appreciate that. Yeah, that's. But again primarily just don't contact us the thought of thinking <laughs> lads will we wrap it up there this was a lovely chat about bond cracker a lot of things it was um delightful to record with you two again and um everyone out there if you could um you know you know thank you for listening but if you could like follow us on instagram or twitter or tell your friends about hey look listen to the podcast that would be absolutely fantastic but um for now uh what what um game based on a movie will we talk about next time guys um, Super Mario the Bros. Lovely Bones. Oh, I love the Lovely Bones game. Uh, I, I'm Stanley Tucci. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, thanks very so much. Random. Come out of that. My name was Liam Sheehan. Um, it's bye from me. Bye from me, Owner Reardon. Bye from me, Jonathan Morrissey. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.